Welcome to the Green Edge podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our update for the week ending 14th of July 2023. When the Green Edge was asked recently to compile a short list of who we think are the most important contributors to the sustainability skills agenda in Britain, we set out to identify our top 20, but it came out at more like 50. Organisations got onto our list for various reasons. There are the policy setters and shapers, there are the data providers, and there are the bodies that either represent or are leaders in the building of occupational or sectoral capabilities for the green economy. But it may surprise some people that four of the organisations on our skills list are part of the UK's Catapult Network. Now, I expect most of our listeners know something about the catapults, and many of you may have had first-hand experience or even be part of them. But in case you're new to them, the first catapult was set up in 2011, and there are now nine of them. I'm going to list them. High-value manufacturing, cell and gene therapy, digital, compound semiconductor applications, energy systems, offshore renewables, medicines discovery, satellite applications, and connected places. Their core remit is to support businesses in scaling up and applying research through access to their in-house expertise and facilities. And they tell us they've something approaching 19,000 industry collaborations. They've supported around 12,000 small and medium businesses, have 5,500 academic links and employ over 5,000 people in their own right. But Michael, where do they fit into the skills picture? That's a really interesting question. Because I'll take you back in time to 19, to not 1922, but 2022. And there were two documents came out, one from the House of Commons Public Accounts Committee and one from the National Audit Office, both titled Developing Workforce Skills for a Strong Economy. Neither of them mentioned the catapults as being relevant to building the future skills. Yet if you go a little bit further back in 2022, there was a piece of work came out called Manufacturing the Future Workforce which was the high-value-added manufacturing at Catapult, working with Gatsby. And prior to that, there was a piece of work done by Gatsby called Learning Factories, really building on some of the work and observation they'd done, which highlighted five case studies, I think three of which were drawn from Catapults. But the National Audit Office did produce a lovely chart of the main bodies involved and gave us a map of the bodies involved in skills development, foresighting and the like. And into that diagram, they've got lots of government departments, etc. And the catapults fit in the centre of that, driving the future set of skills and also training indirectly a lot of people. I think if they redrew that map today, they would actually put catapults in it. It is just a surprising that none of them seem to mention it. So as we say in our post, while skills development wasn't part of the original core objectives for the catapults, The latest review of the catapults in 2021 contained the recommendation, and I quote, catapults should identify whether they can introduce skills development into the next five-year review cycle in a way that works for their sector, considers catapult maturity, and does not compromise core objectives. As you've said, Michael, the one that's already been doing this for some time is the high-value manufacturing catapults. Could you tell us about what they've been doing? Well, their work initially was more around skills foresighting and developing a combination of mapping out the technologies they developed in evolution and then parallel mapping the skills that would be associated with that. So they could move from individual skills 
walk into qualification standards, walk into modular and micro credentials, and then into learning contexts. And they started to map that out bit by bit. That approach has then been moved from the high value manufacturing one into other areas as well, partly through the steerage of Gatsby because it's becoming more of an established approach. Again, we feel the work has been great. It got coverage at the time and the first report was back in February 22, but that should be getting a greater presence. And as we move forward on the net zero front, because you could do exactly the same thing around net zero. Now, you mentioned the report Manufacturing the Future Workforce, and we feature one of the images from that report in this week's post, which is the skills value chain. And it's an interesting creature, um, particularly around the first steps around convening stakeholders to establish need for skills. In particular, for skills for sustainability, we've consistently found there are lots of dots to be joined and a lot of convening to be done. You're right. And the catapults are well placed because they've created networks of demand. They've got engaged parties who are seeking to innovate and create technologies of the future and retrofit modern technologies into existing systems. So by default, they are touching those skills every day. And they have then got their wider networks into the academic community and the like. It would be nice, though, and as the review said of the catapults, that skills should take a bigger part of their agenda. And it might be that the nature of the sponsorship of the catapults sort of mitigates against that because skills are owned by the Department for Education and not by the Department for Energy Security and Net Zero. It might be something as simplistic as the government departments can't cut checks in two. But if we go back in time, we've had various bodies like UKCES was multi-funded from government departments. I can't see why the catapults can't also draw on funds from other sides as well, and possibly even input into the boot camp type programs where they could inform them, even though the boot camp budget is small when it comes to adult training budgets versus the apprenticeship budget, for example. Well, going back to the high value manufacturing catapults with their main centres, we see branches that are by their very nature high on the sustainability agenda, like the Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre in Sheffield, which is looking at things like sustainable manufacturing for net zero and additive manufacturing and the National Composite Centre in Bristol. But some of the other catapults are even closer to the net zero agenda, aren't they? Oh, they are. And I'd pick out just three, the energy systems one, the offshore renewables and connected places. They're all integral to that debate. And if you just pick up on connected places, you're thinking, how does that link? If you look through their main streams of work and they've got six or seven, they're covering air mobility, rail, maritime, and then homes and housing. It's really integral to understanding that. And if you look at some of the work they produced on the free ports, they've had a good piece of work, but they also did a piece of work around integration of activity at a local place. And it's something we've spoken about quite a number of times and the important to have the capacity at local level to actually bring these threads together because it's at that point things actually happen. It's when policies get brought together with funding and with people on the ground, skills get developed, jobs get developed as well. And Connected Places Catapult has that key agenda item. The other two, the energy systems and also the offshore renewables, obviously core to what they do is the creation and movement of energy in some shape or form. And they have produced numerous reports. Offshore renewables, of course, some of its work can work into the Offshore Wind Industry Council 
that has a great big skills agenda and a roadmap and the whole move into the apprenticeships and career pathways. So they've got another vehicle that allows them to multiply their impact. It'd be lovely to see some of those models and that experience moved into other parts of the net zero economy and to feature in the Green Jobs Delivery Group thinking around the workforce development plan for net zero. And a reminder that you can find this week's post called Talking the Talk, Walking the Walk on greenedge.substack.com. And you can also find this podcast on all the major streaming platforms, including Apple, Google and Amazon. Well, you mentioned the Connected Places catapult there and the link with the maritime industry. We've been having a little look into the maritime UK sector this week, haven't we? We have. It's one of those interesting sectors that brings together moving objects, boats and ships, but also how they're going to be powered and also the harbours, the ports around the country that are the focus of delivering energy to these vessels, but also the centre of economic growth and use of hydrogen. And if you think of the free ports, I think eight of them have got hydrogen as a significant part of this. So the whole maritime sector is at this crossover point of multiple points of transition for the net zero economy. And the connected places have their maritime accelerator this year. Now, Michael, we had a chat the other day with the good people at National Careers Week. We did. They were really focusing on their Green Careers Week, which comes up in November. Obviously, they have a lot of work to do over the summer and to really relaunch it in September. The dates are the 6th to the 11th of of November. And really, the role of the National Career Week staff and all their resources is into equipping teachers and careers staff in schools with materials. And this is particularly important when you start to look at how sustainability, climate change are covered in schools curricula, particularly at secondary school, where if you don't do geography at GCSE or some of the sciences, you miss out. And that's why it's really important that we actually see sustainability walking into other areas. There have been a number of projects looking at the changes and where sustainability can walk in. And it's been interesting to look through the detail of them, where it's been walking into English, drama, art, design and technology, graphics. So it can walk into most other parts of the curriculum if the teachers are provided with the materials and there's a bit of encouragement. And hopefully the DfE, with its broader sustainability agenda, can actually encourage a lot of that. Now, we're a little ahead of National Green Careers Week in November, but we'll be talking more about that closer to the time when they get logistics for that sorted out. Thank you very much. Take care. And you. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter, to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.